Christmas really existed, or whether the fat old bloke who delivered presents was just your dad dressed up. She could still remember walking home from school on those dank December afternoons. It was tea time, and in all the non-Jewish houses, the tree lights were being switched on. Every so often she would stop and stare at the twinkling windows, feeling she was peering into a never-never land. Ordinary houses with their boring tarmac drives and their UPVC window frames became enchanted fairy grottos. Her eight-year-old heart quite literally ached, not just for Santa in the pillowcase of presents, but for the tinsel, the Christmas tree baubles, the crackers, the ritual of leaving mince pies outside for the reindeer, the sheer wondrous, sparkling magic of it all. Of course, she had Hanukkah, which happened around the same time as Christmas, but it wasn't the same, lighting a few pathetic candles and getting a fibre pressed into your hand by some whiskery old aunt. When she gave birth to Jake, two and a half years ago, she promised him three things. Her unconditional love and support, that she would never allow him to own a motorbike while he lived under her roof, and that he would have a childhood full of brilliant Christmases. Although this was his second, it was the first he was old enough to appreciate. As a result, Stephanie's living room ceiling was thick with paper chains, streamers and balloons. In the alcove next to the fireplace stood a garish, overdressed, six-foot-tall Norway spruce, which, since there was no husband or boyfriend to do it for her, Stephanie's father, Harry, had insisted on schlepping back from the greengrocers around the corner, on the strict understanding it was to be referred to as a Hanukkah bush. Deciding that she shouldn't look a gift horse in the mouth, Stephanie agreed. She looked down at her watch, almost three, time for her break. Although she loved Christmas, she loathed her Mrs. Claus get-up. What she hated even more was walking through the store wearing it. She didn't mind the short skirt so much because it showed off her long, and even if she did say so herself, shapely legs, as did the long stiletto-heeled boots she'd been given. No, What she loathed was the earphones wig. It made her look like that woman in The Sound of Music who, having been handed second prize at the Salzburg Music Festival, refused to stop bowing. Women who noticed the earphones tended to smile in sympathy, but blokes always made some kind of smart remark. Can you get the football on them? Yesterday, a shaven-head youth in a Manchester United football shirt, loitering suspiciously with his mates by the watches, had yelled out, What's it like shagging Santa, then? Not that good, actually, she replied, grinning. He only comes once a year. Ho, bleeding ho. What worried her most about being Mrs. Claus was the thought of being seen by somebody who knew her, such as her parents' rabbi or an ex-boyfriend, or perhaps some girl from school she hadn't seen for years and who now looked like Gwyneth Paltrow and was in mergers and acquisitions. It wasn't just the costume she would have to explain away. Far more important was why, more than ten years after leaving university, English, honours, and a successful stint at drama school, not to mention her great singing voice, she could aspire to nothing more elevated career-wise than a temp job as a cheesy piano-playing Mrs. Claus in a middle-market chain store. Stephanie finished with a quick burst of Jingle Bell Rock and then stood up. The place was teeming with the fraught and the frazzled. A few feet away, a middle-aged couple seemed to be having a major fight about driving gloves. Then, cooey! Her heart sank to her stiletto boots. 
It had finally happened. Somebody had recognised her. Okay, she could always say her dad played golf with Mr Debenham, and she was just helping out because the store's regular piano player had come down with a bowler. She turned toward the voice. Instant relief. It was only the tweedy woman bent on electrocuting her sister-in-law in Stoke Pokes. She was holding up a Debenham's carrier bag. Mini carpet bowls, she cackled. Bye! Merry Christmas! You too! Stephanie gave her a small wave and watched the woman disappear into the crowd. She was just trying to work out whether she had time to go to the loo and get to the toy department to buy Jake his main present, a Bob the Builder tool belt, on which she was entitled to a 20% staff discount, when she saw someone even more embarrassing than Rabbi Nodell. She recognised Frank Waterman at once. Dark sweat.